Welcome to episode 44 of Ask Alika. Today I have with me Dylan. He, Dylan works at Alika, but he also used to work in Google. So he is the perfect man for this podcast. We're going to be talking about how to plan your SEO strategy. So I, firstly, I just want to apologize for the audio. Uh, we had some technical difficulties. I, you can't really hear me as well and it's quite echoey. Dylan sounds perfect. Um, but again, just want to apologize for, for my audio. Look, hope you enjoy the podcast and uh, yeah, here you go. Welcome to Ask Alika episode 44. I have with me Dylan. Dylan, how you going, man? Hey, hey, good, man, good. <laughs> so Dylan works in Alika. He is the head of our search department. He is a nerd. Uh, but also kind of a cool guy sometimes, I think. Sometimes. Sometimes. And today we're going to talk everything about, uh, we're going to talk about search, right? Uh, a lot of changes in the last couple of years. And man, I want you to tell us like what, okay, so today we're going to talk about how to plan a search campaign, like an SEO campaign. Yep. And how to do it properly. So tell us about the landscape. What has changed from 2014 to now in terms of how people search? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, heaps has changed. I guess some of the big parts in relation to when you get started is your research and, and actually doing keyword research and how people are actually Googling nowadays. Um, it's changed heaps. So people are nowadays are relying more on Google to give them good answers more than ever. So I guess, um, just going after those high traffic kind of terms, um, kind of your base keywords such as, um, you know, running shoes or, um, you know, web design, Perth or whatever it might be, isn't really the best strategy anymore. Um, I guess the way that people are, are searching is it's a lot more conversational based. So people are actually doing a lot more research than they've ever done before. And it goes a lot further past just those base keywords. So instead of web design Perth, you know, you could look at, um, you know, you know, best e-commerce mobile designs, um, examples, you know, that would be a good, I guess, conversational type search term. And, and that relates to not just keyword research, but your whole blog and content marketing strategy. So you can kind of base, um, you know, your actual content marketing off of these conversational type keywords. And that's, you know, I guess brings in the next generation of how people are searching, which is voice search. Um, so I guess with, with this conversational stuff, you know, it's all driven by um, the topics and the keywords you choose. And so I think from the very, very beginning is the, definitely the most important part for SEO is establishing um, what is your conversations that people are having around your business um, yeah. and really pushing that. So by the way, for everyone out there, Dylan used to work in Google. He did a stint in Google. Uh, he is a data nerd. Yes. He, he's awesome at this stuff, right? So the credibility is there. So listen to this man <laughs> if you want to know how to plan your search campaign. Right, so from what I'm getting at, right, like in the old days, and I can't believe I'm, I'm saying that 2014 was the old days, right? Because <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is how fast things are moving now. In the old days, we used to be more, consumers used to be more black and white about the keywords that they were typing to Google, right? So yep. you want a, an account account of Perth, you want a plumber plumber, but you want a, um, you know, certain cologne or perfume, you know, uh, you'll type in the brand name and the model. But you're, what you're saying now is that people are typing differently. Is yep. that, is they're searching differently? Yeah, definitely. Um, Google's actually done quite a few studies um, recently, actually in the past few months around, just around what we're talking about now, so these conversational searches. Um, around mobile, for example, there's 
There's been a 65% growth in the past two years from keywords with do I need in the search term. Um, so for example, instead of, you know, in 2014, we were Googling, you know, best shampoo, best shampoo brands, that kind of thing. Now it's more what shampoo should I use or do I need X shampoo? Do I need this? The, the type of how we're actually interacting with Google is a lot more humanized than ever has been. Um, Another one is, is, I guess, people, when they are doing their research on different topics, is they're looking for products similar to. Um, so Google's actually released a stat that in the past two years, um, it's been a 60% growth in that looks like phrases. So, for example, you could say, um, you know, action cameras that look like GoPro, for example, as opposed to just action cameras. Because people are, you're kind of, it's almost like there's, for the non-GoPros out there, they almost can bank off of um, GoPros advertising um, and, and really optimize their keywords around these similar to type phrases. So that goes back to the conversational search stuff is that you can really start pushing um, to kind of think outside the box because, you know, nowadays just coming up with those really basic, boring 2014 keywords we keep calling them um, is just an old method. It's not going to work. It's not sustainable. It's not you know, it's not how people are searching nowadays, yeah. especially with voice. And, that, and that's good if you're competing against guys that have been SEOing themselves for years in their industry. So, for example, for us, like, we never wanted to to spend heaps of time targeting web designers, but because that would take forever and yeah. it would cost so much money. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't get much return on investment, but there's so many other keywords and categories of keywords that we can target, more niche keywords, yeah. conversational keywords, yeah. outside of the box keywords that we would get way more ROI on. Definitely. And that's the same for every industry, whether you're an accountant, lawyer, uh, retail. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every industry out there has their conversations around your product or service. So, um, I mean, if we use us, for example, web design has a whole plethora of topical conversations um, around that. So, like the example earlier we used were, um, you know, best e-commerce mobile designs for websites 2018. There, The list goes on. I mean, you could say best you know, mobile, uh, in, you know, you could say internal internet website examples. There's a million different things you can come up with around everything. Within the SEO category, you could talk about, um, you know, SEO for plumbers, you know, you, how to write content for accountants, how to, there's a lot of ways you can kind of spin it nowadays and, and really create that, that real topic content, the, that really pillar content is what we yeah. call it. Talk, talk a bit more about like how people, what, what other things, what, kind of key phrases and sentences people are typing into Google these days because we talked about this before where people are typing in things like uh, instead of just running shoes you know yep. that's probably a 2012 kind of search term mm. it's like most comfortable running shoe reviews yep. you know what are the best running shoes for jogging like the, the conversational keywords have really ramped up haven't they yeah absolutely so talk to us more about that in example yeah, definitely. Um, well, it's just going more long tail. I guess that's what Google keeps pushing with all the voice search stuff and what, where 2018 is going. Um, and it's really how we need to be, I guess, writing content is, is, is based around solving people's problems. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're searching for. You're searching to solve a problem. So I think that starting to write your content in that way and, and really identifying these topics is, is definitely step one. Step two is, you know, once you find the topic, so I guess quite a few examples. Um, Alika blog does quite a few. Um, so it's, it's different for every, every website. Um, okay, let's talk about this. So next session of this podcast, let, let's talk about how to plan your search campaign. So you meant, let's start with step one. There's a few steps. So like you said, step one, plan your keywords around human and conversational keywords. Yep. 
okay, great, great. Definitely. Near me, do I need, um, you know, keywords around reviews? Yeah, definitely. Similar, similar to. Yeah, for sure. So for this, um, it's really a lot to do a lot with this. There's a lot of competitor research is where we start, for example. So we go to competitor websites. What would I be searching for if I was my ideal client? And what would be my kind of, you got to think of keyword research almost kind of as funnels. So at the top of the funnel will be. Let, your, let's use an example. Yep. Uh, what would be a good example? Should we use retail? Yeah. Should we use maybe, maybe could use, yeah, could use the running shoes as well. Could use, um, could use glasses. Could use sunnies. Could use. Uh, we well, could let's use, use one of them. Yeah, let's use sunglasses as an example. So instead of saying, um, you know, best, most, most stylish sunglasses 2018, whatever, whatever the search term is, you can start thinking about things and targeting different, different demographics with your talk content, um, such as, um, you know, best sunglasses for fishing, um, would be one. And then that gives you a whole new category on a demographic to target. So best sunglasses for fishing in 2018. Even that by itself, just that conversation there, you have heaps of subtopics around that. So um, me, I used to be a lifeguard when I was 15. It was my first job as a lifeguard. Um, you could go a whole new topic on sunglasses, best sunglasses for lifeguards. I mean, that's how people are actually searching nowadays is each subcategory. You can think of heaps of cluster categories within each one. And, and I guess that is how you, you start content marketing. That's what we said at the beginning is so important to properly plan content marketing and your SEO strategy from the very, very beginning and stick to it. Otherwise you'll get lost in the research. And you've got, and it, it takes, it can even take years. Like you've oh, got, yeah, absolutely. you've got to stick to it. Like you said, yeah. you just jump around. Mm. And what, what you said about this is really interesting. Like, um, there's so many sub, so so many categories and subcategories of a keyword or a topic now. Yeah. You have sunglasses for lifeguards, sunglasses for fish, fishermen, yeah. sunglasses for whatever. It also reflects, I'm going to detract for a little bit. It also reflects society in the yeah. internet age. Yeah. When the internet came out, like everyone started using it and it created subcultures. Like people that are interested in, in this, people that are interested in this, people like to dress this way. Whereas in the 1950s, everyone's doing the same thing. It's cool to conform. And then as, as, as the decades go by, less so. And then when the internet came out, everyone just want, everyone wants something different. Yeah. Definitely. Like everyone's definitely. Like, and I think that's part of the reason why there's so many different types of keywords you can target now. Yeah. For um, sure. Which is actually a good thing, I think, for people that want to get ahead. On SEO, on, on you know. Oh, business, absolutely. Because absolutely. there's more opportunity now. It's only, I mean, especially if you're a new brand, new startup, yeah. small business, you're not competing with, you know, say you're a small accountant firm. If you're trying to rank on the first page for self-managed super fund Perth, good luck. Yeah. Um, you've got ComBank, you've got ANZ, you've got all these banks you'll be competing with. You're never going to rank for that keyword. It might take you 10 years to get page one if you're lucky. Um, so that's what you know, going back to is... Um, breaking up SMSF into different categories where you have the potential to rank for and then building off of that. Um, and it's no different than, you know, picking your niche and dominating it. So it's picking your content niche and, and really expanding off of that and becoming the authority within that niche, um, which is huge. I mean, that's where SEO is going nowadays. It's more online PR, I guess, and content and how you represent the brand and the actual topic. And it's not so much how it used to be. You know, when I started SEO in 2010, Compared to now, I, my eight hours a day looks completely different. Like it's what we wow. do on a day to day basis is totally different. So I guess, um, we're, we're, you know, content's always been a big one, especially when you're practicing white SEO, content, content, content. Yeah. Um, and it's how you amplify that content and reaching out to the industry leaders within that niche and, and really getting, building relationships with them and getting them to share your content as well. And, and that brings us to step number two. So, okay, step number one, plan your, your keywords around human and conversational keywords, right? 
Um, step number two, backlinking, topic clusters, content yep. marketing. What, what would be your step two? Um, well, it's all linear tasks, really. So, I mean, it's like a business. So, you're always writing content. You're always bettering your your product. And then at the same time, you're always building relationships with other, other business owners, other clients. So, they're linear tasks, really. Um, so, a good example would be if we want to dominate a certain space. So, say we use that running shoes example with, um, you know, most comfortable running shoes um most, what do we say? Most comfortable running shoes reviews. Yeah. We could take that and run with it and say, um, you know, we want to reach out and really find the dominating niches within comfortable running shoes um, and the review sites. And then we start reaching out to these review sites, whether it be on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. We start following these guys writing these articles and building those relationships. Um, and then, you know, we could do things. There's a million, million examples, but the first one that works pretty well for us is spinning the their content into a nice visual infographic would be a quick example. So that is, um, I'm doing one today actually for us. So I've, there's actually been a big study that's come out in Australia social media usage and I'm actually building an infographic for Lika, taking their really good data and making it a nice visual that users will actually find valuable. Wow. So I can actually approach this guy and say, here, I've made a beautiful infographic based off your data. Why don't you add it to your website? It will really help your users. So it's adding that value to users. It's no different than business and PR. It's you're actually. And then get the backlink. Yeah. Yeah. And that relates to a backlink. So yeah. Hey, chuck this up on your site. And then that, that infographic links back to us. You could do things. And then Google will rank you higher because of the backlink for those yep. who, don't, who don't understand it. For sure. So, so step one, I would say plan your keywords. Step number two, plan your content strategy. Yep. Which would involve, um, uh, deciding who to partner with, who to reach out to. Yep. So if you're running shoes, you might reach out to Nike, Adidas, or maybe some of the smaller yeah, brands. Yeah, some John's running blog that it yeah. just dominates in certain categories. You know, there's. Yeah. So you know what? Step two should be plan your um, your content strategy, but within that, you want to plan your outreach strategy. Yeah, definitely. Your partners that you want to get a backlink from. Definitely. I guess that's the. Kind of that the outreach part to me falls under amplification, which is almost okay. almost step three. Like That's you would kind of yeah, you would almost take in that would kind of come up in the steps of um, you know sharing, so social sharing or sharing. It's almost you're reaching out and trying to amplify that that wow. content you worked so hard on and and reaching out to other people. It's the same thing. Um, you know, backlinking is always you know it's 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 not one of those big smoky mirror things nowadays. Um, I know it was. Yeah. You know, even a few years ago, um, but nowadays it's all online PR, getting writing proper content that actually is useful to people and answers questions and and content that people would actually be willing to share, um, and and that willing and that that willing to shareness part is is what separates SEO companies from each other and the relationships wow. that they have with with publishers. It's partnering, negotiating, Definitely. giving value to them so they will backlink back to you. Definitely. Okay, so step two, step one, plan your keywords. Step two, plan your content strategy for. Um, writing content for partners that will link back to you, but also writing content within your own site, isn't it? Yeah, if definitely. Google likes fresh content definitely. that's good on your own site. So there's two yeah. parts of the content. There's your website content needs to be updated with good content. Yep. And you also need to write content for your partners so that backlink yeah, back to you. Definitely. And a lot of times they want unique content on their websites. Right. So nobody wants copy to paste content on their site. So it's, and at the end of the day, um, you will to get a proper link. So to get 
you know, Business Insider or Forbes or whatever it is, PC Mag, any of these links, if you want to get featured in one of these articles, it has to be really good content and you really have to be prepared to get rejected. Because um, at the end of it, you know, it's up to them if they post it or not. You could spend 25 hours writing a wonderful blog with infographics yep. and you think it's wonderful content and it might be and then you get rejected. Yeah, absolutely. It happens, happens daily to us. They don't backlink you. Yeah, Definitely. Wow. I've been trying to get a link on BuzzFeed for about six months now and we've pitched them multiple times. Every time comes back with something. Um, and then they're very generic as well. They get hundreds and hundreds of, of submissions a day and it's up to them at the end of it to really choose what they want to share on their website. So it's not our website to keep that in mind. So it's, it's trying to find that content and what would I, as a user of this article, a reader of this article, what would I find more beneficial or an add-on feature? Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a million case studies I could use, but you know, be prepared to be rejected, I guess. Factor that time in of rejection and, and have multiple articles and content and ideas to pitch to these guys. So step two and step three are very interlinked, you know, writing content and your amplification strategy, which is getting the backlink. They're very connected. You can't really do them separately. They're going to be planned kind of together. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, what, what's next? Would it be the execution? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, writing it every time we approach someone with our content, um, we've got a few topics. So we kind of give it up to the webmaster or the journalist or whoever we're, we're pitching. Um, we leave it up to them to pick a topic and then we'll give them a brief write-up of that. Um, so I guess it's coming up with a few ideas, pitching it to them and, 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 and seeing what they come back with, really. A lot of times they'll say, I don't like any of those. Don't talk to me again, <laughs> which is not what we want. But um, in reality, that's just part of, I guess, business, you know? I mean, you're reaching out to guys and if someone doesn't want to work with you, they don't want to work with you and it's on to the next yeah. one. So it's... It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, that's just where link building's going and, and the links that were valuable, you know, five years ago, no longer valuable. They, Google wants links that are useful to users and actually benefit people, solve problems. So wow. those old, um, you know, directories, um, you know, low quality guest posting, there's a lot, a lot of things that worked really well ages ago and now just don't work anymore. Wow. So what um, are some good examples of good backlinks? Yeah. So I'll give you, which one should I use? Um, we just use the Alika for an example. Um, me and you, me and Zan, went out and did a, a workshop at Curtin University. And we went out, it was, um, what was it, exploring the digital landscape. Um, yeah. And basically they did a quick little write-up on our, on our, um, our event. Um, just very, very brief, it was about a paragraph or two long. And basically they just said, here, we did this. Um, so we got on and they didn't have a link back to the website. Um, so I jumped on there. I jumped on our blog. I uploaded the actual slides that we went through um, with the students. And, and then I reached out to Curtin University and basically said, hey, we did this workshop. I think your students will find it very valuable to see the actual slides. Here's a link to the slides. And that is a very natural, quick, easy way to use your, I guess, your offline business relationships with your online link building. So we went out there and basically said, hey, here's this. This will find, this will benefit your students. And they said, yeah, no worries. Of course it will. So they've added that link now to their blog. Um, that's a big link for us. .edu backlinks are generally really powerful. Um, so that was a quick, easy win for us. Um, other examples could be um, we've approached um, different websites, even internationally. So we went, um, we approached a website called the Australian Times um, .co.uk, pretty popular website in, in the UK. Um, basically, we wrote an article about relocating to Australia um, and basically targeting those expats coming to Australia to live. And, and basically within that article, we talked about um, different design trends, different this, different that, the qualifications, what you need to go through, the visa stuff. And at the very end, we had a little link to one of um, one of our clients who's actually specialized in building new apartment box. So the article kind of ended with 
Um, went on this very helpful kind of journey on how to relocate and all the legal stuff, but then also at the end said, and by the way, if you want to see some really beautiful apartments, check out our portfolio. And then that link goes back to the portfolio page. Sneak a little backlink, but it also benefits the user as well. So um, cool. And a robot can't do that. No, nah, not at all. negotiation. Yeah, definitely. Cheeky, being clever. For sure. That's, that's link building like, in 2018. You know, University, right? We did them a favor. Yeah. Um, and they wrote a, did a write-up for us on their website, but they did backlink to us. So yep. they, they don't understand all this stuff and what that means, right? Yep. So you very cleverly thought, you know what? Instead of just asking for the backlink, because they, they might get defensive and go, oh, what, you want a backlink? Yeah, yeah. You said, look, uh, why don't you link to this slide which Definitely. sits on our website? Very clever. Yep. Computer can't do that. They require yeah. brains. For yeah. sure. Absolutely. And, and I guess, yeah, that's, that's the difference. And you always, cause these website publishers, the Forbes, the Buzzfeeds, the Business Insiders, these big, big proper websites aren't, they're getting a thousand of these SEO emails a day. And it's about, they're, all the emails are coming from wherever it is, Hong Kong, Mumbai, wherever it is, um, coming in there saying, please add link to this using this anchor text. Um, anchor text is simply the link, the other text you use to link off to another website. Um, they're getting thousands of these a day and it's really cutting through the noise and offering value to the users and making it clear cut and obvious that this, you need this on your website and that's how you're going to get links. It's like anything in life. It's not like yeah. we, we often mystify, like we was talking about this before, we often mystify SEO to become this magical, technical, crazy thing that no one understands. But mm. It's 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 a lot of it's simple. It's a lot of hard work, but it's simple in reality. Yeah. It's like you want a backlink, you can't just ask someone. Oh, but can you backlink to this? Yeah, definitely. For no reason. Definitely. You've got to give them something. Yeah. So like it's human connection. It's asking for a favor, but giving something to get that favor. For sure. So yeah. I I, I in my head I think of link building kind of like golf. I'm a huge golfer. Um, I think of backlinking like golfing. So it's it's the easiest concept in the world, but it is very hard to execute. Um, but when you do execute, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's, it, you see the results. Um, you know, once you, once you get it right, you get a few links. You know, you could work three months on one backlink, just pitching to one publisher with one article and you get that one link will be the same as, you know, 30, 40, you know, crappy Australian directories, you know, so it's. Yeah. And like we got a link, a backlink from TEDx because we sponsor them, yeah. right? And they're great. Yeah. Uh, we got a backlink from them and that jumped yeah. us from number three to number seven. Uh, sorry, from the, from number seven to number three for one of our major yeah. keywords. Definitely. So one, that's the reward of one awesome backlink. For sure. So, so in terms of what's a good backlink like, um, to summarize it, it's, it's big, well-known organizations, isn't it? Yep. Generally popular websites. So popular websites. wax that get traffic and yep. get users, engaged users to them. Um, Definitely. And, and it's, it's different for everyone. It's your industry niches. So it's not necessarily to say, um, like we would want links from, you know, the AWW awards type people. And whereas a plumber might want a, a link from, I don't know, plumbersunited.com.au, whatever the website is. Um, so yeah, it's within your niche. Popular websites is, is where you get it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and would you say that government websites are even like the highest kind of reputable? Yeah. A website in Google's eye? Definitely. I think, I think .govs and .edus are, are definitely the most powerful just because, um, you can't just go out and buy one of those domain names. You know, you've really got to prove that you're a government organization or a, or a school. Um, and Google knows this. So it's not, you know, it, in a, Google knows that you have to be that organization. So to get that link is a lot harder and Google knows that. Um, especially being from an educate .edu, you, you're, if they're linking to you, obviously you have an educational type content that solves problems and that's what google wants yeah, definitely. That's awesome. um but yeah no both they're all important but i think 
.govs and .edus in general in the SEO world are the, some of the most sought off, sought out. So talk to us. Uh, let's talk about content now. So uh, we talked about we talked about application strategy step three. Let's go back to content. Like what what's topic clustering? You can explain that. Yeah, definitely. So topic clusters, topic clustering. Um, it's really just identifying. Well, there's two parts to it really. If you've got heaps, I'll start with if you have some blog content already. Um, you're really identifying your your pillar content. So. In general, it could be a blog article, it could be an actual services page. Um, I think the easiest way to explain it is to use an example. So if we use the Alika site, um, we have our SEO page that explains our SEO services, what we do, that kind of thing. Um, and then we have all of our clusters around that. So we have our you know, SEO trends for 2018, we have our what's important on your website for SEO, we've got backlinking strategies SEO, all of these pages are relevant to SEO, and so internally they link back to that main service page. So that, okay. in in a nutshell, is your topic. So your topic, your cluster, is your actual. So so in the so in the old days, what most people would do is just randomly write articles, and and it wouldn't necessarily be categorized anything, but yep. they'd just be chucked out, published, yep. boom, from SEO to website, or if you're a plumber from how to fix your toilet. So all the topics would just be spread out and yep. not linked to each other, not categorized. So yep. what you're saying now is that. Uh, when you write, for example, if you key, if you want to write around how to fix your toilet, that would be say your master category, how to fix your toilet, right? Yep. And then under that, you might be how to fix your toilet tap, how to fix your yep. uh, toilet chroma plug, yep. how to fix your toilet pipe. So you have all these subtopics underneath that, yep. and the way it's published on the site has to be done a certain way. So they all the all the articles that you write under a master topic have to be linked to each other. So Google knows yep. that that is a topic cluster. Is that correct? Definitely, yeah. So there's, yeah, as long as they all need to reference your topic or your, your topic yep. at the top. So we call it your pillar, your pillar content and then your cluster content. So your pillar would be your, you know, fix your toilet and then your, yeah, your clusters would be everything around it. And then to Google to say, this is the main page by linking off to that main topic or that main pillar. Um, okay. Definitely. And Google looks at that favorably. They will rank you higher than if you didn't do that strategy. You yeah. had all the same amount of content, but it was kind of just spread out yeah. and randomly categorized. For sure. And then it shows Google that you're coming off as the expert within that topic, which helps you naturally rank better, helps your user experience on the website as well, having all pages linked together in a natural way that makes sense. Um, so it's a win-win, really. Your UX designer is going to be happy. Google's going to be happy. Um, and you'll be happy at the end of the day because you'll get yeah. more business ranking higher. Sweet. So what I want to do is I'm going to summarize these four steps. Step number one, plan your keywords around conversational keywords. Okay. Near me, do I need to, you know, um, similar to. Then, excuse me, phone call. And step number two, plan your content strategy. And we talked about topic clusters. Um, we talked about what would some of these reputable websites want, what kind of content would they want, so they'll give you a backlink. Step number three, plan your amplification strategy. Who do you want to partner with? Is it If you're running, if you're selling running shoes, is it Nike, is it Adidas, is it Under Armour, whatever. Um, and step number four, execute, right? And then and then one of the steps that I haven't put in there because it, it is common sense is, is obviously fixing up your, your site, all the on-page stuff. So obviously, obviously make sure your site is structured in an SEO-friendly way. We won't go into that today, but these are the four steps. I want to ask you, Dylan, um, what do you see in the future future when it comes to voice search? Do you see us in four to five years walking around, um, walking down the street with a little microscopic earphone in our ears just talking to you? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's already kind of happening. Um, you know, wow. Google's got Google Glass. You've seen the glasses that you go out and wear and... Um, it's going more AI incorporated. Google actually, I don't know if you saw Google's new IO launch of, of that Google Maps where they're incorporating AI functionality with Google Maps. So you, 
um, it's all happening. I think it's going to be more visual um, as well as voice naturally. Um, I think if you look at that new Google video, basically they've come out and and and, and showcased the the new feature. Basically, if you're because confu- you know when you're on Google Maps and you're sitting there sitting in one location, you hit directions. You can't really tell which way you're supposed to go until you start actually moving, and then it will tell you kind of which way you're supposed to turn. Um, basically, what this does is you can pull up Google Maps, and, and if you're at that point, you're not really sure, you can actually hold up, flip on your camera that syncs with Google Maps, and it will actually physically sh- it'll show you where you are with arrows pointing in the right direction. So I think that's absolutely the that's future. That's augmented reality. Isn't yeah, it? it's yeah, gonna, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's absolutely. I think I think search voice search is 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 comes with all the new stuff happening yeah. with AI with it all. So it is it's absolutely the way forward. It's audio and video at the same time, yeah. which is augmented reality. Absolutely. Talking. If we're talking five years, yeah, I said one year voice, five years AI. Wow. Absolutely. I reckon yeah. it'll be a contact lens that we wear. Yeah, in, definitely. Like five to ten years, yeah. and we'll be walking around. And like you said, yeah. it's augmented reality. If you're lost, turn on your Google, or you say, "Okay, Google, help me find." I'm lost, and then it'll it'll have a map right in front of you and literally show you. Definitely. To totally. That's, That's kind of, awesome. yeah, they've got the Google Glass project is, is that, I guess, you know, it's the glasses. Yeah. They're not extremely fashionable at the moment. Cool, yeah. yeah, definitely. They've got, they've got a bit of a rebrand because there's actually the term that's pretty popular now called glass holes. Um, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, glass holes. Basically, um, there's a lot of restaurants in San Francisco, um, and in Silicon Valley that have actually banned Google Glasses, um, because people wow. have gone in there and they just turn into a media when you start wearing them because you can all of a sudden now better than ever you can just sit there through your glasses and look at the menu and do all the stuff within within your glasses and not necessarily have to talk to anyone leave bad reviews a lot easier um, so a lot of restaurants don't like glasses hence the term glass holes it makes them more pretentious yeah definitely I think um, it's, I think pretty sure it's open to the public now a few years back they released it to developers only just to kind of play around with and test kind of a beta um, but yeah, they're absolutely coming out with it. I know um, even Amazon's. They've, they've, Amazon has that patent now where you can pay via selfie. Um, I was reading about that the other day. They, they patented the that's that's that technology to be able to pay via selfie. So I think yeah, wow. absolutely, it's where it's going. You know, that's I don't think we'll have to be carrying around wallets for much longer. Wow. Um, yeah, I think the, the, pay, the payment will be completely revolutionary. Oh, print or whatever. Definitely, it's going to be very interesting to see with SEO trends what's going to happen. Um, ship underneath your forehead. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They're going to know what you're going to search for before you even search triple, for it. Triple C. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I want to ask you a final question. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Nice. Um, what was working in Google like? Tell us about the culture there. Is it everything that the movies say it is, or is it all hogwash, or is it a combination? Um. Bit of a combination, I think. I think um, it was definitely, I, I kind of expected it to be, you know, I kind of expected to be Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, right, in that show and kind of go in and just be amazed with these insane, yeah. insanely smart people in his crazy cool office, which it was very smart people in a, in a pretty cool office. But for me, it was, um, you know, the work-life balance wasn't great. I was, I was always working late. I was always getting there early, never feeling caught up. Um, the, the people were amazing. So I guess the, the things that we had. So, you know, having the basketball court, um, you know, on campus and having the dry cleaning done on campus and then, and free food all the time, you know, keep, um, it was good, but it kept you there all the time and you're always working. They gave you no excuses to have to leave kind of feeling, um, which was good. I mean, I, the amount of stuff that I learned was, was insane. Um, and I loved it, but I think I got to kind of a point where, um, I kind of wanted to learn more as well. So I worked in Google AdWords support and I wanted to really expand a bit more and, and, um, 
yeah, I wanted to get into how the actual internet works. And, but yeah, it was awesome, I guess, to go back to that. It was great, um, but a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> a lot and, of work. And probably a higher turnover than what people would think. Like you don't have people yeah. working there for like 10 years, do you? No, nah, not at all, actually. I think when I started, um, I started in a group. So we went through the training class, about 25 of us at once. Um, yeah, I mean, the drop-off rate, I probably, I outlived most of the people in my 25. I was there for a year and a half. So it wasn't wasn't a lot. A lot of people get there, they get in. Because to be honest, it wasn't the pay was all right. It wasn't what I what you would expect coming out of uni. Um, and it's more just to get that thing on your resume and then expand is kind of how the kind of at least in our little class how that kind of the, the thought of that. And you know, I'm not saying it's not a great place and a great place to grow. I'm sure it is, but I think even from what I've heard from some of the Googlers that were there at the time saying. You know, it's, the culture is definitely kind of dropping off. And I, I know it's a thing in online as well, if you read anything about it, is that the, the culture is not how it was, you know, five, ten years ago. It's just the churn rate and the amount of people that are pumping wow. through. It's just It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty nuts. The things yeah, yeah, definitely. And all the stuff with, with Trump and, and not letting in, you know, immigration stuff has really put an effect on them and Apple and all the tech companies back home. And this is off topic, but, yeah, yeah I think it'll be interesting. interesting. Definitely. Really interesting. All right, Dylan, thanks so much. Uh, so everyone, you know, take it from an ex-Google employee himself. You know, this is how you, you want to plan for your search campaign in 2018 and beyond. Enjoy your week, enjoy your day, and until then, peace out. See ya.